Now, let's prepare our hearts and minds for today's message from Pastor Lisa Broussard. So please get out your Bibles and your notebooks, and let's give a warm welcome to Pastor Lisa. Woo! I'm so glad you're here today. I'm glad to be here. I count it an honor and a privilege to be able to stand here today before you. I want to say thank you to Pastor Tim for allowing me to bring this message this morning. I feel very passionate about it. It's a celebration day. It's a day of freedom. And so thank you, Ellie. That was a powerful time of worship. Many of us will be reflecting on what 4th of July means to us. Many of us will be reflecting today. What does it mean? And we'll be going away and we'll be celebrating and we'll be having barbecues and we'll be having gatherings. And some of us will even be celebrating with fireworks this evening. And we'll be considering the privileges that we have for living in this country where we are able to stand for freedom. It's that freedom that allows us to worship our God and to be able to stand here and proclaim the good news. I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for the ability to stand here today. And I'm just talking. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I ask that your Holy Spirit will speak through me this morning and that we will all experience your, your presence and your truth today. I ask that you open our eyes, open the eyes of our understanding, that we would know and recognize any deception in our lives. And today I ask that we would be empowered to live the lives that you have so thoughtfully prepared for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want us to consider freedom today in a spiritual aspect. I want to talk about the freedom that God has paid for us by sending Jesus. He sent Jesus so that we would be free. And Jesus came so that we would not be held captive to anything. And Jesus, he paid a high price for that freedom. And the title of this message is Finding Your True Freedom in Christ. We'll be discussing two important points concerning true freedom. First, Jesus was sent by the Father to offer us freedom. Second, we will discuss how to maintain our freedom by recognizing and resisting the lies of the enemy. In Luke 4, 18, Jesus is quoted, and it states the very reason Jesus was sent into the world. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of the sight of the blind to set the oppressed free. We see that that's the very reason Jesus was sent into the world, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, and to set the oppressed free. That place where it says the recovery of sight for the blind, Jesus went around and healed a lot of blind eyes, but also it's a blindness that is not only natural, but it's a spiritual blindness. Freedom is everything. It's our key component to our faith. It's everything that we believe in. 
We just read that it's the reason Jesus came, so that we would be people that walk in freedom. What is sad is that freedom that God paid a high price for and Jesus laid his life down comes at the risk of being lost by his children, especially when we don't understand or recognize the tactics of the enemy who tries to come and steal our God-given rights. Paul writes a word of caution to the church in Galatians 5.1. He wrote, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And he said, stand firm. Don't let anyone put a yoke of slavery on you again. He cautioned them. He was saying, stand firm. And Christ came so that you would be free. And he was writing this letter to the church. And he was telling them, a yoke, that word yoke, is a big wooden bar placed on an animal to limit his ability to wander away. It would cause pressure on the neck of the animal as a way to keep it under control, to make it go where the farmer wanted it to go. But Paul is using that word because it was commonly used, that word yoke was used metaphorically to describe oppression or burden unnecessarily. It is also defined and referenced as a device placed on the neck of a defeated person. They, that type of person is at risk. They're defeated. They're in bondage to something, and they're at risk of losing their freedom. And so Paul is writing to the church and saying, don't let anyone put this yoke of slavery on you again. You've been free. The good news, there's always good news. The good news is that we have been given a gift by Jesus, a gift of freedom. But we have to stand against the enemy who tries to lie and steal it away. Last week, Pastor Sergio talked about the lie of the enemy. And today we're going to go deeper on how to maintain our freedom and recognize the lies of the enemy. Freedom is always worth fighting for. It's always worth fighting for. Jesus paid, came, said, I came for freedom. But it's up to us to fight for it. There are many of us who have had to fight some battles and have gone through some hard things in this life. And we're all miracles. And we are still standing because of the grace and the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Amen. However, we must be reminded today that Jesus paid a high price and we have to be on guard like Paul was warning them to be on guard, to stand firm. We have to be on guard and we have to recognize that there is somebody that wants to steal that freedom from us. And like Paul warned the Galatians, about standing firm and not letting anyone take them into captivity. I am sounding an alarm today, and I am echoing what Paul said to them. And I am saying to you, don't let anyone or anything take your freedom away. If you're dealing with anything that is contrary to what God wants for you, then today is your day. And it's important for you today to understand and identify what is holding you back. 
if you're not walking in that freedom and if you're not being all that God said you can be, I want you to identify what is it? What is it that's holding me back? There are many things that can hold us captive and keep us stuck. Things like addiction. Addiction can keep us captive. Anxiety can be paralyzing. Depression can cause you to not even try because you're depressed. Or insecurity because you're so insecure that you won't step up. Those are the things that can keep us captive. Or how about this? Something that you went through and it was a trauma and you haven't been able to be the same. You're stuck. Or a burden that is way too heavy for you to carry and you are carrying it and you need to ask God for help today because it's not, you weren't meant to carry it alone. Or how about this, the worst of all? How about a lie that you have come to believe as truth? As believers, we need to know the truth. We need to know everything that God says on every matter. Because the devil, he wants to come and he works very hard to steal every good thing we have. And so we need to know. We need to know what God says about every matter. What does God say about depression? What does God say about anxiety? What does God say about my marriage? And once you grab a hold of that, then you have freedom. You have the truth in you. And God wants us to know today that we don't have to believe every lie or deception that the enemy tries to deceive us with. We don't have to believe it. In the word, we see that the truth is the way for us to overcome any obstacle or any situation that we may go through. It's the truth that will help us overcome it. In John 8, 32, Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's very clear in the word that we are to be free. We are to be individuals that walk in true freedom. What I find interesting about this scripture and what Jesus is saying is that knowing the truth is what makes us free. Think about that for a moment. If the truth is key and it's what makes us free, then we now know that there's a lie that will keep us from being free. Let me say it again this way. If there's a truth that Jesus wants you to know and believe, then we must consider that there's a lie that he wants us to be aware of. Because he said it's the truth that will set you free. He didn't say anything else. So that tells me I need to know the truth. If I'm not free in an area, what is the truth about it? Because Jesus said that's what will make me free. We know that Jesus was sent into the world to bring freedom. We just read that. But what we need to know is that Jesus wants us to maintain that freedom. Because he, it says that Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He's it. And as followers of Christ, we need to maintain our freedom. And we must recognize and resist the lie of the enemy. That is our second point today. Recognize and resist the lies of the enemy. 
I can't say it enough how important it is that we recognize his deceitful ways. I can't say it enough. Why is it so important that we recognize the enemy? Because he wants to destroy us. He wants to take everything that God gave us. In John 10.10, it says that the thief, the devil, came to steal, kill, and destroy. He will steal every promise you ever had. He will kill you if he can, and he'll kill every dream. Every place of hope in you, he will try to kill it. He will destroy your faith if he can. He'll try to destroy it. He'll try to get you to a place where you have no more faith. In John 10.10, 10, it says that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That is his mission. It's his nature. The Bible tells us very clearly when it calls him the father of lies. He's a liar. And if Jesus is the truth, he's talking about the liar. He's saying, wait, I am the truth. I am the way. But he also wants us to know that there's a liar. And sometimes we go through this life and not recognize that there's a lie that we are believing. We see how crafty and deceiving he is. In the very beginning, in the book of Genesis, we see the serpent and Eve. And they're having a conversation. And Eve is naive, and she's trusting. And she's having this conversation with him. And he's planting doubt in her. And he's causing her to question everything that she knew to be true. He's very persuasive. He came and said, did God really say that? And so here we are walking in our lives, and we're like, oh, I know I'm free. And he comes and says, are you really free? And just like Eve, Eve started talking with him and having a conversation with him. And she began to believe everything that he said over what God said. Those tactics that he used on Eve, he will use them on us because that's who he is. And he's not going to change the game. He's just after anybody that will believe him, anybody that will lend him an ear to listen because he wants to destroy your life. He wants you to quit because that's the only way he can win. He can't win unless you forfeit. I love this. There's a lot of times you hear the fight is fixed. The fight is fixed. We win if we don't quit. And we know the truth because Jesus said it. We must not give in to the lies of deception. We must fight for our true freedom. We can't give in to it, give in to it at least not without a fight. And I know there's many of you that I've talked with and shared with, and I said, if you're going to be with me, you're going to learn one thing. You're going to learn how to fight. <laughs> I was a fighter in the world. You bet I'm going to be a fighter in the spiritual world. You know, you just can't. It crosses over, right? Those fighters. Do we have any fighters in the house? We were fighters, man. We were scruffers. We got up and we didn't go down. But when we step into this world, we got to remember, we still have to fight. And we have to know how to fight. The fight is different. It's a little different. You know, it's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. 
as I stated earlier, we will have faced battles and we gotta be prepared. And some of those battles, they'll take place in your mind. It's a little different because these battles, they take place right here. It's because it's here that we recognize and we believe and we, everything that's happening is happening in here. And those negative thoughts, we come to believe them to be true right here. And that's where we give in our true freedom is it comes in here and we say, oh, yeah, and we believe it and we lose our freedom. We can't give it power. We can't give those thoughts power. It's almost like they have authority over us and we have to push them down. They dominate us. We can't even hear truth anymore because we constantly are thinking about these negative thoughts that is being planted in this battlefield. You heard the battlefield is the mind. It is truly the battlefield. It, comes, it becomes so familiar, it's almost like a place of comfort. Our old familiar thoughts, like an old familiar song, we know them well, and we begin to think about them. And I've been busted. I've been driving down the road, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm on this track of nobody loves me. And I'm like, how did I get that song in my head? <laughs> and then I'm just there entertaining it, and I'm investigating it, and I'm, instead of saying, get out of here. And so we have to learn how to fight. In Proverbs, it says that as a man thinks, so he is. As we think. Our thoughts can control our day. Our thoughts can control our life. If you think poorly about yourself and your situation and rehearse the negativity in your mind all the time, it will become your reality. It is true. For instance, if you think you're not smart or you're dumb or somebody may have even told you that as a kid, you're dumb, you're not smart, you begin to believe it. And the reason it becomes your reality is because you limit yourself. You don't apply yourself. You stop short because you believe the lie that you're not smart. And so you, the job promotion comes up and you say, mm, I'm not, I can't, I'm not smart enough. Or the career choice that you want, I can't, I'm not smart enough. You just limit yourself because you have believed this lie. So we have a choice to ponder and listen to the lie or do what the Bible says. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says that we are to demolish. I love that. Demolish. We are to tear down, overthrow, cast down every argument, every imagination. We are to take it and throw it down. Anything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, we are to bring it to the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? So when you're thinking, I'm dumb, you say, no. The Bible says that if I lack wisdom, what? God will give me wisdom. He says, I can do all things through him because he empowers me to do it. We have to pull that thought down. The Bible says it. It wouldn't say it if we didn't have to do it. 
So when the thought comes, we have a choice. We either entertain it or we cast it down. We throw it down and we say, you do not line up to what the Bible says. And therefore, you must be a lie. I will not believe you. There's an example, and I love this little tale. I've used it many times, and you've probably heard it. There's a tale of two wolves that live within you. There's two wolves. There's one that represents evil. And every fearful and dreadful, worry, evil thought that comes to your mind, it's that evil wolf that's within you. And then there's another wolf that represents truth and goodness and what the Bible says, the good words you heard, the promises you know to be true, and they're constantly battling within you, and they're wanting to dominate, and one's wanting to win the evil thoughts and the good thoughts, and they're battling. And you ask me, well, which one is winning? And the answer is very clear. It's the one you feed the most. It's the one you feed by giving it authority. You keep thinking about it. You empower it. You agree with it. You feed it. You give it so much attention that it's a dominating voice in your life. The battle is real, and it's in your mind. It is because it's here where we get stuck in unhealthy thought patterns or believe any lie that is suggested to us. Yes, lies can come from people too. It's not just the enemy. It could be somebody that's trying to say something and saying, this is who you are. And if it doesn't sound right, you say, no. My Bible says that if it doesn't line up to God's word, I'm to cast it down. I'm to throw it down. I'm not going to believe it. That negative, evil thought pattern, the wolf, it has to be weakened. It has to be starved. It has to be stripped of its authority. You have to break agreement with it. And you ask me how. How do I break agreement with it? It's so familiar. It's almost comfortable. Because I can believe this about myself. But if you're asking me to believe that I can be something great, that is hard to do. But we have to break agreement with those thoughts. And you're saying how? And I'm saying you have to feed it God's truth. You have to feed it to maintain your freedom. In Joshua 1.8, it tells us how. It says that the, this book, the start of that scripture says this book, it's talking about the Bible. It says that you have to meditate on it day and night. It says, and then when you do that, you'll succeed in all that you do. That word meditate means to chew. It means to ponder. It means to process what God says. And it says in that scripture, it says that when you do that day and night, so when you're just going through your day and you're thinking that dreadful thought comes in, that I'm alone, no one loves me, you say, no, God is always with me. 
because you have something to respond back to it. And so if you have that word in you, it says you're dumb. Say, no, the Bible says that if I lack wisdom, I can ask for wisdom. And so the minute it comes, it should be that fast. It's an exchange that takes place. And that's how you silence that voice. That's what Joshua 1.8 says. We will have good success when we do that. In Philippians 4.8, it says that we are to think about things that are noble and true and good. And I know if I took a survey right now, and I'm not going to do that, but if we surveyed the audience right now, I guarantee most of us have more negative thoughts than good thoughts because that's the enemy's tactic. He wants to plant that in us. But right here it says, you are to think about things that are good and noble and pure. And we have to remember what Jesus said. It is the truth that will set us free. We have to believe what God says. It has to be our non-negotiable. We have to believe what God says about us and about our future over any other voice. Whatever it is that you are contending for and standing for, you have to find out what God says about it. We can't be double-minded. Sometimes we're guilty. We're double-minded. We believe God's word, but then we struggle. I want to show you some examples of what I mean, of what God says and how sometimes we struggle in believing his word. These battles are real, they're real battles that we have to struggle in our mind. The Bible truths that I found that many wrestle with, many, us, you and I, Christians, we struggle and we have the fear of death. We're afraid to die. Many of us are tormented by those thoughts. But the truth concerning death is that the Bible says we will have everlasting life with God. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that we do not die. We just go to another place. It says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. It means when we take this last breath on this earth, we just are instantly with God. That's how we can be free when we think about our own mortality. We can think, no, I, I just slip into another room. Free from death and have everlasting life. That is true freedom. And that, that is what Christ has for us, his children. Or how about another thought that many have and it keeps them from feeling free? Guilt and shame. In our minds, we're constantly battling with thoughts, whispering that we're no good. God is mad at you. Shame because you are not where you should be. You have messed up so much. How can God love you? You are so full of sin. How can God love you? That's, those are lies. How about this one? You're a failure as a Christian. You can't do this. You'll never measure up. You'll never be like so-and-so because you have all this stuff. These are real thoughts, and the enemy wants them to believe them about yourself so that you can go around feeling defeated and unloved by the Father. But 
the truth is clear. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son. Why did he give his only son? So that not one would perish. That's how much God loves us. In Romans 5, 8, it says, God shows his love for us while we were still sinners. He loved you and I before we even knew who he was, or we knew who he was, but before we served him, he loved us. That's the kind of love that God offers us. And it's because of that love that Jesus died for our sins, gave us freedom from all penalty, we can rejoice and we can be glad and happy for all that Jesus did for us. And we don't have to walk around with shame. And the next time the enemy comes and tries to tell you that you're not good enough and that you're just a sinner or you will never get it right or you'll never measure up or God doesn't love you, then you can tell him, nope, it's because of Jesus that I am free. It's not because of anything that I do. It's because of everything that he did. We are loved by God. We are his children and he loves us deeply. And so then you can tell the devil, you be quiet because I am loved by God. And he has a plan and a purpose for me, and you're a liar. And so you have to know that when he says, you are not worthy, you say, yes, I am, because Jesus. Not because of me. It's nothing in me. It's everything in Jesus. It's only when we forfeit, like I was telling you. It's only when we believe the lie and we walk around feeling defeated. And we walk around feeling unloved or unforgiven. That's when we lose the freedom that Jesus paid a high price for. Don't get me wrong. The enemy will use a real experience. He'll exploit any situation. He will use anything to get you to be held captive. He will use something that has happened to you, and he'll use it so that he can keep you captive. I have two experiences in my life where the enemy held me captive for many years. It's time to get the popcorn out. Oh, she's going to tell us. <laughs> but I'll say it because you know why? He's a liar. There was two places in my life that I want to share with you where I was held captive for many years. And I had to figure out and recognize the lie. I was 11 years old. And my mom was murdered, and I was sad. I was angry. I was mad. I had all these emotions. I didn't know how to handle them. I didn't know how to process them. So I went on my life carrying this sadness and depression. And I had a reason, because I missed her. I wanted to go home, and I couldn't, because she was gone. Real sadness, real hurt real pain and I went on in my life and I owned it like a jacket and I said I'm sad I'm sad year after year I'm sad I don't have a mom I'm sad didn't recognize that it was just a, something I it's just something I owned and I kept doing it and here I am I'm married now and life was good but I had this jacket on that I've carried since I was 11 years old. And I wasn't the girl that I am today. I had a lot of depression and sadness in me because I didn't understand why she was murdered. 
But as I was walking through life, every day I would check for it and say, yeah, I'm sad. I'd hear the thought, I'm sad. And I'd say, I'm sad. And one day, and I was, I was serving God. And I would cry out because I wanted what the Bible said. I wanted to be free. Amen. I wanted him to heal my heart. And I would ask him, heal my heart. Heal my heart. I want to be free from this. And I was just faithfully serving, faithfully going. And one morning I got up. And I was walking across my room to get ready to go to work. And I heard it. It said, I'm sad. Quiet little voice, familiar voice. And I agreed with it out loud. Sometimes I did that. And I was walking, and I heard, I'm sad. And I said, I'm sad. And then I heard very clearly, who said you were still sad? And I stopped, because I knew the voice of God. And I was like, I was like, well, I started to say, well, I lost my mom, and I'm sad. He said, have I not healed you? And it was like he went, Tsh, with a glass of water. And I went, and I stopped, and I reflected on my life. Tsh, tsh, tsh. I did a quick inventory of my life, and I go, I'm not sad anymore. I am not sad anymore. And then I, at that moment, I said, you lying devil, I bind you up. God is the lifter of my head. He gives me joy in the morning. He delivered me from this, and he healed me. He heals the brokenhearted. And I, at that moment, I knew. I was like, something happened. I said, you lying devil. And that, from that moment on, I knew that I had been believing a lie, and I was set free that instant. And it's not to say that the sadness wasn't real, because it is real, and we go through things that make us sad, and that is okay. But it wanted me to carry it for many years. I was 11 years old, and I was way older. I was already married. And I just thank God that he spoke to me, and he said, Lisa, you're not sad anymore. And I didn't even check it. I was doing fine, but it was just going to, for that day, I was going to be sad. For that day, I was going to be sad. The second thing that I fell bondage to is sickness. I had family members, and my mom, when I do remember of her, she was a very sickly person. And I had aunties that were very sickly. And somewhere in my mind, I thought, I'm going to be sick. And I don't even know where I took that on or how it came in, but somehow I owned it to be mine. And I would constantly think, I'm going to be sick. So I was checking for those symptoms. When the symptom would come, I would say, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> I think I have a headache. I need an aspirin. And I would run. And I would, like, I, I think I'm going to be sick tomorrow. And I, I think I can't go to work tomorrow. And I put it all the way down. I was already agreeing with it. I was already not at work tomorrow. I was, everything was bad. <laughs> I was sick. And I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure. And I didn't realize I was doing that. And God kept talking to me about that. And I had this argument, well, my mom was sick, my aunt was sick, and people, when they get older, they're sick, and, oh, my knee hurts, and I don't, I don't, I think I'm sick, and I think my, oh, everything's hurting. And you know what? Sometimes they're real things, and I'm not saying I was, those were real things that were happening, but I was just like, yeah, you too, and you too, and you too. And so one day, <laughs> I hurt my ankle really bad, and see, remember, God had been talking to me about it, and he's saying, Lisa, you need to resist the enemy. And one day I hurt my ankle really bad. I heard it pop. And I had an event the next day. 
And I, it was over. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm done. I'm, I got a call in. I can't be at that event tomorrow. My, my ankle's bombed. It's gone. It's, I'm not going to be able to do this. And I was just the worst thing. I'm going to have to go to the doctors. I'm going to have a cast on. And um, all that. And then the, heard the Lord loud and clear say, I want to show you something. And I stopped. Because if he says he wants to show us something, then I became a student. I was like, what is it that you want to show me? He says, I'm going to heal you. But I'm going to show you something. And I was like, okay. So I went to bed that night, and I was like, I know he said he's going to heal me. He's going to show me something. So I got up in the morning, I got dressed, and I was limping to the event. And I was like, Lord, I know you said you're going to heal me. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but you know what? I bind the devil. I bind you. God, you are the healer. And I believe that you said, and I started just doing what we're, I'm telling you to do. And it was when I got into the position that I was supposed to be at. <laughs> not before, not after. It was right when I got into the position where I was supposed to be standing that day. The minute I took the step to go forward, God healed me. <laughs> My ankle was healed. And he told me, he said, Lisa, you have to resist the enemy at the very beginning. You want to agree with it. You want to entertain it. You want it to own it to be true. And so I'm not saying that there are sicknesses and we will go through sicknesses. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is, is that you need to at least check it and fight and push back. Because sometimes the enemy comes and he is trying to bring anything that we will take as our own and say, okay, I'm sick. I'm going to be sick. I'm going to die young. I know I'm going to die young. Everybody in my family dies young. Have you ever heard that? Everybody, my uncle died young, my auntie, and you're going down the list. And you got to go, no, I will not do that. I will not agree with that. Those are the two things that held me captive for many years. Not saying that I don't feel sad because I do at times. I feel sad, but I don't own it. And I don't stay in it. I allow myself to be sad. I allow myself to cry. That's all good. But when I recognize that it's staying a little too long, then I, I truly, truly ask God to set me free. Or if I'm sick, right on the onset, from that day forward when he said on the onset, as soon as I feel that first symptom, before I run for the aspirin, I am quoting the word of God. I am quoting the word of God, and I said, you are a lying devil. You will not. The Bible says that by his stripes, I am healed. And I begin to contend. And so I am telling you, whatever it is, begin to fight and contend for your freedom. You see, once I found out that day in my bedroom that it was a lie, it was over. Once I found out and God stepped in and said, Lisa, have I not healed you? It was over. I was set free. Finding true freedom is knowing how to resist the lies of the enemy. That's how you find true freedom. They're like chains that keep us in bondage. They will hold you down. They're counterfeit to whatever God says. If God says something about you or about your children and you're believing for it and you're standing on it and the enemy comes and whispers a lie, and says, you know what, your kids, they're not going to serve God. Or you're going to be alone. You have to line that up to the word of God and say, it's a lie. When I was in safari kids, we worked really hard to teach the kids about don't believe the lie. 
We wanted them to know the deception and how the enemy deceives. We did role playing. We did everything so that they would understand. And today, I get to do it with you guys. We wanted them to know that when the enemy comes, because he will, he will knock. But we want you to understand and recognize if it's a lie or if it's God's truth. And so I'm going to give you a few things that are going to, some are going to be lies and some are going to be truth. And when it sounds like a truth, you can just go, yeah, that's true. And when it sounds like a lie, my kids here know, they're to say, that's a lie. That's a lie. We used to say all kinds of stuff. Karen knows. What do we used to say? What is it? Block that thought. It's a lie, okay? So we know. We used to do this. So I just, it's so simple. Sometimes it's the simple things that we go, that's a lie. Okay, you ready? I need you guys to participate with me. Don't leave me up here, okay? All my peeps down there, okay? Okay, if it's truth, you agree with it. If it's a lie, you say it's a lie. Ready? You are loved. You are children of God. You're dumb. You're going to fail. You can't do anything right. You are blessed. You are favored by God. You will always be sick. You'll always be alone. No one loves you. God has great plans for you. You will make it. You will always be depressed. You'll never be happy. God will make a way. You can do all things because God will help you. Yeah, you guys are champions. Like I was saying, it's the simplicity of it. When that thought comes, you have an option to agree with it and say it's true. Or you can say, that's a lie. That is a lie, and I will not believe it. Jesus, he's our greatest example of how it was done. In Matthew, we see Jesus and how he was tempted by the devil. The devil came to him and was trying to deceive him, trying to sell him some other alternative than what his purpose was to be. And we see that he was our greatest example. And he didn't give in to the enemy. When the enemy came to him and, and tried to persuade him, how did he answer him back? He answered him back with the word. He swatted him away, just like we just did right now when we said that's a lie. He easily just swatted away the lie, and he said, the truth is this. And he did that very well. And that's what he wants from us. He wants us to know how to do that. And I'm going to have the worship team come up because we're going to get ready to close. But I always like to end with some worship because we've heard a lot of great things. And I want to, I want to finish with, okay, so what then, Lisa? So what? But I want them to come up, and we're going we're gonna to stand, and we're going to do a song of worship. And we're going to ready ourselves for what God wants to do next, okay? Um, we have to put our trust in Jesus.
we have to respond back to the devil. And we have to resist him on the onset at the very beginning. And I'm going to have you just stand with me for a moment. And we're going to get ready. I want you to stand in your truth this morning. I want you to recognize that God has a purpose and a plan for you. is true 
and it is good. And he desires us to have a life of peace and happiness. You have to remember, it's the truth that will set you free. And I'm telling you, that he, the truth is, is that he loves you deeply. And he wants you to be free. Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, the very reason he came, we're back at that scripture. He says, to proclaim the good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to free the captives, and to set the oppressed free. And if you don't know all the promises that God has for you, I want you to make it your mission to find out what the word says about every situation in your life. This is the question. I want the prayer team to come up, please. We're gonna get ready to pray. I wanna pray with you. The question is, have I been deceived by the lie of the enemy? Have I believed a lie? Have I believed a lie about my future, about my well-being, about my mental state, about my marriage? Have I believed a lie about my body? Have I believed a lie? That's the question. Have I done what Jesus did? Have I swatted the devil away with the word of God? Or have I even resisted it? Maybe you're hearing this today and you're saying yes to all of it. You're saying, yes, I know that I need to walk in that freedom. And the answer is Jesus. He's the answer. And maybe you're saying, yes, I've believed a lie. I haven't even tried. I've just agreed. And I want to break that today. And I want to learn how to fight for freedom. And if that's you, I want you to boldly raise your hand and say, yes, will you include me in a prayer? I need freedom. I see your hands all over the house. I see your hands out there in the courtyard. I need freedom. I believed a lie. I need breakthrough in my life. And today, I want us, on 4th of July, I want us to fight for true freedom. And if you're online and you're saying yes, then type that in and say, yes, I want freedom. And there are pastors there online with you that will be able to pray with you. But what I want you to do is to respond. And I want you to make your way forward. Those of you that raised your hand, I want you to come forward and I want us to pray with you as we dismiss. And you can continue on. Church, you are loved. Come on forward. You are loved. You are dismissed. Walk in your freedom today. It's a good day. It's a day of salvation.